Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. It's all about the matchups. It's always all about the matchups, especially in the NCAA tournament. Folks, welcome to the Screen the Screener Podcast. We talk all things NCAA basketball with you, and we talk a lot and have a lot to say now that it's March Madness and we're finishing up the second round in the opening weekend of the 2017. NCA tournament. It is truly all about the matchups. It's really true that it's about the matchups in every phase of life, isn't it? Who you marry, it's about the matchups. What type of car you pick, what do you need, does it match up with your needs? Where do you go on vacation? Do you fly? Do you drive? Is it an island? It's about how it matches up. So life's all about the matchups. And this NCA tournament has already shown us that that statement has never been more true in the college basketball universe. So I thought we'd take a deep dive here at the games on Friday and Saturday and see where we're at and what we thought about them. And we're going to start with the game that was the most matchup proven game. And that was number one, Villanova, getting stunned by number eight, Wisconsin, 65-62. If you listen to this podcast, the word stunned should not be used. But it was a stunning result in that you would think a team like Villanova that was 32-4 and that faced this type of style, Butler twice, Virginia once. They beat Virginia at home and they lost to Butler twice. But it's not like they had never seen it. It's not like the UCLA teams of years ago ran into the backdoor Princeton that they just couldn't cover. No, no, they knew what was going to happen here. And this team was coming off a national championship. And what appeared to me was they were just destined to lose. We knew this was a tough matchup. The spread was five. It was difficult. But what happened here is a microcosm of Villanova. You watch a game like this, and the first reaction you're going to say is, how on earth did a team that only plays seven guys that ends up going... Average 5 of 16 from 3-point range. That rebounds okay and has Daryl Reynolds inside. How on earth does this team get to 32-4? and four? They didn't look that good. They didn't look that good against Mount St. Mary's. Josh Hart with his 19 points. He's a great player. Miles Bridges. Michael Bridges, 0. Jalen Brunson, 11. Dow Reynolds, too, and Chris Jenkins, who became Larry Bird in last year's tournament, showed that he really is a weeble and he can't go left or right. Yet that never seemed to be a problem all year long. However, Wisconsin, who this year finished 27-9, Wisconsin 
who this year, ending their regular season, lost, oh, I don't know, five of six. Wisconsin, who did okay in their Big Ten tournament and beat Indiana by 10 and beat Northwestern pretty handily and then got blown out by Michigan and struggled against Virginia Tech, somehow had the magic formula to stop Villanova. Disappointing result, predictable result in some respects, but it's a matchup. There is nothing that Wisconsin has shown us this year to make us think that they were capable of pulling off this upset. And even in the game, Ethan Happ and Bronson Koenig were in foul trouble. The only indication that I can tell you that I had that Wisconsin could possibly beat Villanova in this game is the fact that in the beginning of the year, we loved that they returned three veteran players. The beginning of the year, they had what we thought was a lock for first-team All-Big Ten, Nigel Hayes, a guy who had a propensity for big shots, Bronson Koenig, who eliminated Xavier last year in the tournament, and Ethan Happ, who we thought was a great scoring option. But then the year changed. They weren't that team. They lost at Purdue. They lost to North Carolina early. They became king of the little people. They won a couple games in overtime at Minnesota, home to Rutgers. Just not impressive all year long. It's not like they went on a magic run in the Big Ten tournament. They were okay there. But then, even though Nigel Hayes had dominated all year, and Ethan Happ was in foul trouble, and Bronson Koenig had not shot well all year, Bronson Koenig had six three-pointers against Virginia Tech in the first round. So that's the best way we can summarize it, is sometimes it's about the matchups, and that game it was. Next game. And this was really the exciting game, folks. These Saturday games were really the best games. Next one up, Arizona-St. Mary's. Another matchup game. St. Mary's, who was 29-4 for the entire year. St. Mary's, who had three big games all year, which was against Gonzaga, and they lost the first one at Gonzaga by 23. And they lost the second one at home by 10, which wasn't that close. And they lost the third one by 18, which wasn't that close. All of a sudden, Jock Landell, Mr. Foul Trouble, Shemek Karnowski, 7'2", 310-pound, not agile, not athletic, you know, big sort of guy, just making moves in the post and Landell getting in foul trouble. Not just the first game, not just the second game, not just the third game. Foul trouble the whole year. Against Arizona, his first foul comes with five minutes left. Guarding players like Ristick and Marketing. Yeah, college basketball makes a lot of sense. So we had a good day yesterday. We had a real solid 6-2 and two on Saturday against the spread. Big wins by West Virginia, Florida, Xavier, Purdue with a nice one late. Northwestern covered. Big comeback against Gonzaga and our Arizona Wildcats pulling away from St. Mary's who gave them a whale of a game, a tremendous game all the way through to the very end, but they covered by four. So we're going to hit the Sunday games now and see what we can do. First game that we're going to start with, second-seeded Louisville Cardinals are favored by three over the seven Michigan Wolverines. This is an interesting game. Michigan has continued to be hot. They have continued to shoot the ball well. They have continued to make threes. They shoot it from all over. You can't key on one guy. And here comes a Louisville team that's going to press you, get up and down the floor. It's the biggest team that Rick Pitino's had, certainly that I've seen, certainly since he's been at Louisville. And now he's got a club that can get up and down the floor, but Michigan is not going to be pressed. They have a 
series of guards. They have a lot of seniors. Mel Wagner inside was in foul trouble. Didn't even play well in the opening round game against Oklahoma State. But they shot it tremendously well. This is going to be a close game. It's going to be up and down. But I've said earlier in the year that Louisville's offense just makes me feel like I ate bad sushi, and that's how I feel. In that first round game, Louisville came in in that game, and they played well in the first round game. They beat they beat Jacksonville State, who hung around 78-63. But if you look at the scoring, Donovan Mitchell had nine. Johnson only had six. Dang Adele had a huge game. Matthew Hing had 18. I don't think Matthew Hing's having 18 against Michigan. And Donovan Mitchell's going to have to shoot a lot better than three from 15. And if he shoots a lot better, I don't know if Quentin Snyder's going to shoot as well as he did. He had a, he had a three seven from three-point range and 16 points. Not much off the bench. Spalding gave them 11. Mahmoud was invisible. This is a tough matchup. I'm certainly going to take the three gladly. I think Michigan's going to win the game outright. If you're going to give me three points, that's fine. They haven't gotten blown out in I don't know how long. They're a tough team. They're feeling it. They have a great coach. I think it's a bad matchup for Louisville. I will take Michigan tomorrow with the three. Next game is the one we're all talking about. Number two, Kentucky against number 10, Wichita State. It's one that everyone's going to talk about. Wichita State had a huge battle with Dayton in that first round. What a wonderful game that was. Dayton and their seniors and Archie Miller, who's a fantastic coach, going back and forth with the Shockers. Now, the Shockers have been the team that everybody thought was underseeded as the 10th seed after a 31-4 record in the Missouri Valley. However, getting that 10th seed in Illinois State not getting into the tournament shows you what the committee thought of the Missouri Valley Conference. Kentucky's been 30-5. and They've been up and down in terms of their peaks and valleys. They were a team that was averaging 90 to 95 points a game early on in the season. They had a big one over North Carolina. And I feel like ever since that loss at home to UCLA, they've sort of been shaky. They've tried to find themselves. De'Aaron Fox got hurt for a while. Bam had that run of free throws that he was terrible. Isaiah Briscoe disappeared. Now Wenyan Gabriel has disappeared. So this is going to be an interesting game. The line is Kentucky minus four and a half. I'm going to take the four and a half points. I'm going to take Wichita State. I like what the Shockers are doing right now. I think they can win the game outright. I think it can be a reverse of a couple years ago when Kentucky was the eighth seed and Wichita State was the one seed and Kentucky beat them at the last second. They're going to be highly motivated. They have tremendous length. They get up and down the floor. Kentucky is going to have to have a mistake-free game. And I just don't think that they're a mistake-free team right now. I don't see them not turning the ball over. They've had periods, even against South Carolina when Thornwell came back, they were up huge in that game. And then they have these these minutes, four or five minute spans, where they just zone out and they give up a lot of points. Wichita State is not going to do that tomorrow. They're going to play hard on defense. They're going to make Kentucky work for every shot. The only way I see Kentucky winning this game is if Monk has a day. If Monk has one of his 30 to 35 point games, and if he gets that against Wichita State, they will earn it. Tremendous talent on Kentucky, but not a team that's been rolling coming into the, the NCAA tournament. They've won close games. This is going to be another close game. Even if it's close, I win if it's less than four points, so less than five points. So I'll, I'll take Wichita State and the four and a half. We'll talk more about this when Gus and I get together uh, tomorrow, but The most shocking upset to me of all the 32 games in the first round of the tournament was Michigan State blowing out Miami. It was a disappointing performance all around. Really pathetic performance by Miami. Great coach in Jim Laranaga. Team that's beat North Carolina, beat Duke, beat Virginia. Just a a lack of effort. Michigan State is not good. They don't have talented scores across the board. 
They have freshmen who've struggled all year. Bridges has been great, but the rest of them have been spotty. Nick Ward has really played very well lately towards the end of the year, but the rest of them are very average. The point guard doesn't score. They got down big. They were down like 13 nothing, and then they just gave up, and Michigan State came and just came at them and killed Miami. Just a terrible job by Miami, a huge one for Michigan State. I just think the let's go gang and the magic of Izzo ends here. I don't think they're very good. They haven't been very good all year. They haven't been consistent. They've never had a point where they've won like three, four in a row, and we said, oh, here comes Michigan State. It's never happened. So I can't see them beating Kansas, number one seed at Kansas with everything that's going on. So I'm going to give the eight points with Kansas. I don't think Michigan State keeps it close. This should have been Miami's game. That's the type of team that can match up better with Kansas. Michigan State's not going to do it. Give me the Jayhawks minus the eight. When you filled out your bracket, the easiest bracket to predict to me was North Carolina to the Elite Eight. They're that good. They're that balanced. They had seven losses. People thought Duke should have been ranked higher. They're just a wonderful team. And they're playing an Arkansas team that's going to try to run with them. Bad idea. Joel Berry only had three points in the last game, and North Carolina blew out Texas Southern 103-64. Justin Jackson was hot. Joel Berry will probably score more here. Meeks inside. Hicks inside. Arkansas is not going to keep this game close. This is a 20-point win for North Carolina, so I will gladly give 10.5. Next one's Frisky. Number three, Oregon. Number 11, Rhode Island. Oregon favored by 5.5. Rhode Island has been hot. They have played very well. They have players that are interchangeable, whether it's E.C. Matthews, Hassan Martin, Jared, Tur- Jared Terrell, Karan Iverson. They have interchangeable parts, forward slash guards. They've played very hard. They've been doing a fantastic job. But they're playing an Oregon team right now that is just scalding hot. And even with the loss of Chris Boucher, Oregon had no trouble dispatching Viona. They're just going to run, and they're going to get up and down the floor. Rhode Island is not a slow-down team, so they're eventually going to try to run with them as well. And I just don't think that that's what they they can beat them at. I don't think Oregon's going to be beat with a team like this, a team like a Virginia or a team like Wisconsin. That's the type of team that's going to beat Oregon. You have Jordan Bell inside, got 17-12 and 12 last time. Of course, Dylan Brooks with his 18. Tyler Dorsey was hot, had 24 points. Big B. Williams started playing. He's got some experience off the bench. 4.6 rebounds. Benson gave him 9 points. This team is good. They could be in trouble later, but they're not going to be in trouble in this game. I just can't see Rhode Island playing the type of game that they're going to need in order to beat Oregon. So I will take Oregon, and I will give the 5.5. Next up are the Baylor Bears. Uh, We have Baylor favored by 7 over USC. USC with that fantastic win over SMU, robbing us what really should have been number 3, Baylor versus number 6, SMU. But here is USC now. The playing game always gets hot. This is a tough one. Baylor plays that zone. Motley inside. LeConte. Last game, they played fantastically well against New Mexico State, which is a team that had a great winning streak going on for a long, long time. They got the performance that they needed. They got the 21 points from Al Freeman, 3 of 3 from 3-point range. Terry Mastin gave him 19 points off the bench. That's what they need. I just haven't seen that all year, and I can't see that happening again. So in USC is hot. Benny Boatwright's back. So for the majority of the year, they were playing without him. Now they have him. I really see this USC team playing very well and possibly upsetting Baylor tomorrow. So I will take the 7, which I think is a little high. Give me USC in the seven points against the Baylor Bears, who always have a low-scoring game. Next up, the game's in Greenville, South Carolina. The Duke Blue Devils, South Carolina Gamecocks. Duke is favored by seven and a half over South Carolina. I just can't see Sindarius Thornwell going off against Duke. They're too smart. They're too well-coached. 
He had a blitzkrieg game against Marquette. Marquette doesn't play a lot of defense. Most people want to see Woj versus Coach K in this game. They got South Carolina because of Thornwell. The game's in South Carolina, but Duke fans are going to travel well. Duke's too good. Duke's too balanced. They're not going to make those mistakes. Give me Duke. I'll give the seven and a half. Love Sindarius Thornwell, but I think his right ends here. Kennard didn't have many points in that first round game against Troy. I think he's going to bounce back here, have a nice game, and Duke is going to roll. And the last game, UCLA versus Cincinnati. If you're the average betting person and you see this game, you think UCLA is going to win by 20 points. They're high scoring. They're UCLA, the Bruins, the whole thing, Lonzo Ball. This Cincinnati team has something special going on. This Cincinnati team is tough across the board. They're long. They have seniors. They have defense. They will play together. They will slow the pace. They will do one and done. UCLA will take those quick shots. If UCLA is hitting their shots, it's going to be tough to beat them. But if they're off, Cincinnati can take advantage. So I will take the four points and the Bearcats against UCLA. I win if it's close. I think the Bearcats could actually pull the upset. We had a very slow first round here in the NCAA tournament. Not a lot of close games, not a lot of upsets. The second round has been more exciting. The second round has had the upsets and the close games down the stretch. This one's going to be a great one. 9.40 tomorrow night. By the time it ends closer to midnight, I'd stay up and watch it. Give me Cincinnati and the four. And so there they are, folks. Hopefully we have another productive day. Six and two yesterday. We're hot. We're doing well. Let's see how we do on the Sunday picks. Gus and I will be back tomorrow morning. We'll tape tonight and come back tomorrow morning. And look, we are setting ourselves up for a fantastic Sweet 16 battle starting on Thursday. You have already Wisconsin and Florida in the top part of the East. You're going to have Gonzaga in West Virginia in the top part of the West, which promises to be a fantastic game. Can Gonzaga get through this step? They're going to have a hard road. People thought their road was not hard initially. They fought a tough Northwestern team in round two. They're now going to play a contrast in styles West Virginia team and then potentially playing an Arizona team to go to the Final Four. They're going to have to earn it. We have Xavier through playing Arizona in the bottom. And then we have a couple standalones. Purdue waiting to see if it's going to be Kansas or Michigan State. And we have Butler waiting to see whether it's Arkansas or UNC. So fantastic games coming up. Look forward to them. Enjoy them. We will be back, Gus and I, together doing our thing. All the breakdowns. First round, second round, and giving us a preview. We'll give you a preview as well going into next Thursday. Thanks so much for listening, folks. Screen the screener. We're ready. We're live. We're rolling. Let's keep it going. Screen the screener. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.